This week on Dueling Review, we review Ant-Man number four from Marvel Comics. Ant-Man's home has been invaded, and as Macro Thrax gets his hands on some pin particles, Ant-Man's problems start growing rapidly out of hand. There's no time to call for help. The insect evasion is already underway. Ant-Man, Matthew. He is a man the size of an ant, or perhaps he is an ant the size of a man. We'll never He's know. He's actually a man much larger than an ant who can talk to ants. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Ant-Man number four was out this week as a digital first release, something that Marvel originally said they weren't going to do, that they were mm -hmm. going to wait until May 27th and resume their digital distribution, or I'm sorry, their print distribution of comics uh, right. a week after Diamond uh, starts everything back up. But then a week ago, about this time last week, uh, Marvel said, no, we're going to have two weeks of digital firsts. And again, the press release, I've talked about this on the Major Spoilers podcast. I talked about it in a couple of other places. The press release that Marvel sent out said that the print versions of these issues would come out much later in the year, which I don't know if that means because of the slow release schedule that it's going to be October or something before we see the print edition of the single issues. But the feeling that I and a bunch of other sites got from that message was that these weren't going to see single-issue releases. They would, in fact, see trade-collected releases uh, when these books eventually hit trade. And I don't know if that is a good idea or not, Matthew, because you're right in, in many cases, both for Ant-Man and Ghost Spider and what else came out this week? Avengers of the Wasteland, number four, and Ravencroft, number four. You're kind of right in the middle of arcs, or in the case of Ant-Man, the penultimate issue of the series. Yep. I think uh, most of the things released this week are part four of five. Yeah, except for Ghost Spider, which is part nine of 12. Right. And first of all, the whole five-issue miniseries thing really makes me nervous because it seems like they are losing confidence in an ongoing series. Whereas, you know, previous volumes of Ant-Man would pop up and they'd be like, yeah, the, okay, Ant-Man number one, hooray, and 10 or 12 or 15 issues that it'd get, you know, relaunched or vamp launched or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was worried about this whole, we're going to do just five issue miniseries thing. But I'm also starting to wonder if maybe it's not a bad idea, because obviously some people have gone and bought issues one through three. Mm-hmm. They're going to be invested in the story. They're going to be like, oh, how do I get the rest of the Oh, I've got to go buy in $7.99 trade paperback. Yeah, if indeed they do do that. Now, again, they haven't right. made any kind of clarification on that or said when these issues will uh, right. release as singles. But the, the implication was that this would be released. Uh, it says uh, releasing the books in print much later this year. So I don't know what that means. It would be kind of a bad thing to just say, hey. Go get it in a trade if you want it in print. But, you know, many people might be saying, I've been dying to find out what happens in Ant-Man number four, so I'm going to go and get this digital edition. And so maybe that's yeah. what they're hoping on. But I, I really see, so the pandemic, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 uh, has really kind of played a number on, uh, I think, comic distribution going forward in that, yes, starting on the 20th, we will have a bunch of new comics coming back. Right. But it looks like most publishers are doing a slow release uh kind of uh don't want to flood the market don't want to put too much product out there when people don't have the money to buy it so they're releasing you know five ten issues at a time 
uh, and in Marvel's case, alternating weeks. Uh, DC, I think it's doing like five and six and then 10 and then 12 as they ramp up to their to their major releases. And some right. others are also doing smaller releases. So this could just be one of those things where we have a backlog and by the time we do a timed release, it might be October before this, before we get caught up with the backlog. Now, the interesting thing is uh, tomorrow, Friday, depending on when you're listening to this, hello, future people, DC has released their uh, complete solicitations for August. So they just updated their July releases. The August, uh, complete August solicitations hit the Major Spoilers website tomorrow, Friday, at around, I want to say, 11 o'clock Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. So it'll be interesting to see how many new products or how large of a product release that they're going to have in August. But I was very surprised to see Marvel kind of turn around and say, yeah, uh, we said no digital first initially, but now I think we're going to go digital first and see how that goes. Yeah, well, DC did it first. Well, yes, and got all the backlash from it. So I'm curious, exactly. Matthew, what, what are your thoughts on Ant-Man number four? Um, I actually had to go back because I remember uh, reviewing Ant-Man number one. Ant-Man number one actually started with Swarm. Swarm. You remember Swarm? Swarm. Swarm. He's yeah. a man made of bees, or is he a man right. made of murder hornets? He's actually a terrible, terrible, horrible Nazi made of bees. The murder hornets show up in this issue. Yeah, I know, right? And at the end of that first issue, after Ant-Man defeated Swarm, it was discovered that Swarm isn't the only one of his kind. Yeah. There's a man made of rhinoceros beetles, a man made of hornets, a man made of silkworms, you know. All of these things. Yeah, essentially so, all of all of Monster Island. Yeah, pretty much. And so in this issue, we finally get to the point where one of them, Macrothrax. I kept calling him Macrothorax. Me too. Which is actually a better name when you're dealing with insects. Has gone and destroyed the uh, anthill where Scott has been living. Yeah. Uh, point of order. Scott has been living in an anthill in his daughter's yard. Yeah, because he's, uh, you know, he's divorced. His wife doesn't want the kid, want him around the kid. This is the only way that they can kind of see each other. Right. It's the only way he can have an apartment. Yeah. He can't afford a place. And, of course, now he and his daughter Stinger. I hate Stinger. I, hate, I don't like that name. It's not a good name. He and his daughter Stinger now have to deal with the queen of the bees and the queen of the ants and the queen of the spiders and uh, the queen of the, the beetles, I think, I rhinoceros think. beetles. Yeah. Or just, you know, non, what did they say? Something non-stinging, non-bitey insects. The biting wingless. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm going to go with I think fleas. that's beetles. I think that's beetles. Beetles are teachers. The moon is my son. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Macrothrax steals all of Ant-Man's pim particles. And he's like, hey, we can now make insects giant. Giant is you, and the kings of the bugs are like, no, you are stupid and also dumb and stupid. Rawr, we are bugs. And so, uh, you know, he's upset. Ant-Man and Stinger show up. There's a big fighty-fighty, some explosions. And during the battle, Stinger loses her helmet. Macrothrax steals it. And now Macrothrax has the ability to control other insects' yeah, the, minds. the gods, the god monsters. Mm-hmm. So I... Th I Found it all fascinating. Now, listen, I didn't have to go back and reread any of that stuff. I was just right. like, okay, I'm just going to jump right in. Don't care about any of this stuff. The two ants that are trying to narrate at the beginning don't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. I'm just jumping in, and I was able to get uh, this issue and understand it without a problem. Didn't really care about where Macrothorax came in. Didn't care about Swarm, although with the um, queen of the wasps or whatever she was, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of like Swarm. 
Uh, yeah. And then uh, the next thing I know, the issue's over, and I was like, wow, that was kind of interesting. It felt like the third act of the Ant-Man movie. Didn't it, though? It really, to me, as as I got to the end with all the growing and the shrinking and the ants control, you know, the 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 talking with bug stuff, it just really felt like I had watched the third act of the first Ant-Man movie, which isn't a bad yeah. thing, but it just, it just felt very familiar. Yeah, you can hear Paul Rudd saying everything that Scott says in this issue. And Scott Lang is caught in a similar loop to Hank Pym and a similar loop to Peter Parker and a similar loop to Reed Richards, where they have to keep resetting him to make him the way characters or the way readers expect the character to be. Mm-hmm. Scott is always a down-on-his-luck divorced loser. Peter Parker is always a young man who's trying to get by but broke and, you know, his aunt is sick. Reed Richards is always going to be a jerk, you know? They keep coming back to these, just resetting the characters to null and telling these stories like we haven't seen Scott at the bottom of the barrel several times before. Yeah. And he's only really been a major player in the Marvel Universe for about 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say like 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, he's been around since the late 70s, but he was very, very seldom used because people are like, Ant-Man's stupid. Well, thanks. You guys suck. But my biggest problem with this issue was not how it came together. I feel like the pacing is solid. I feel like the threat is real. Yeah, no, it, it all course, runs. It runs smoothly. Very, I mean, everything makes a lot of sense. Tight, Tightly written, I would say. Yes, in the moment where Stinger reveals that her powers are a little more powerful than the bugs thought, yeah, and uh, yells a curse word and blows apart the Queen of the Hornets <laughs> with one scream, that's nice. Yeah, I want to no, be clear, really cool. I don't appreciate the language, <laughs> but I agree with the sentiment, says Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's, like I said, it's well-written. It is tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yep. just feels overly familiar. Yes, absolutely. Overly familiar and... To some degree, a little bit reductive. It feels like this is, and I don't want this to sound as insulting as it's going to be, you know, this is somebody's first Ant-Man adventure. This yeah. is this is kind of like Ant-Man 101, which is fine. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It just feels like we've seen Ant-Man 101 a number of times in recent years. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in, we've seen it technically in both movies and a little bit in Avengers Endgame. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting issue. I really enjoy the art. Yeah, the art is really um, good. The art is really neat. I love the redesigns of the Ant-Man suit. I love the redesign of Stinger's suit, which, by the way, Stinger was uh, originally from the Spider-Girl, not quite the future universe. You remember Spider-Girl? I, I know Gwen Stacy. That's Spider-Woman. I also know um, May Parker. Yes, Mayday Parker. Yes who comes from Earth 982, where things are 15 years in the future, uh-huh. but it's also now. Oh, so, wait. Yes. Okay. Cassie Lang grew up to be a grown-up hero called Stinger in that reality. Mm. That's where the Stinger identity comes from. Okay. All right. I can go with that. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah, why so not? Go- going back to why this issue may have landed as a digital first, I'm over at Comicron.com. I'm looking at Ant-Man number three, and based on their estimated issues sold, just over 10,000 copies sold. So that may be a good reason why this, I mean, it's still in the top 200, but at uh, 153, it may not make enough for 
Marvel to say, hey, we need to print this up on a bunch of paper and kill trees and waste ink. That's a possibility. Yeah. And, you know... Which is I a shame. Really do... Oh, go ahead. Well, I feel like it may not be because, you know, we've seen limited series just end. Yeah. Sonic Disruptors was a 12-issue limited series that just ended. I mean, the Great Ten limited series a couple of years ago from DC had 10 issues, one focusing on each character. They still canceled it early. So the whole gimmick of the Great Ten and a 10-issue limited series turned into nine issues. So, I mean, these are not in any way, uh, you know, sensitive people when it comes to we could just cancel this book. Marvel and DC will kill a book at the drop of a hat. So in a way, if a book was in a perilous position, and I'm not saying this was, but if it was going digital first and then possibly a collection down the line may actually be a way to ameliorate that because digital first has got to be less expensive. Oh, well, yes, because you're not dealing with the paper costs, the ink costs, the shipping right, the costs. Physical, the physical yeah, you're not dealing with the physical shipping. You, so you're literally just pushing atoms around for 10 cents a piece, right? So, yes, uh, Ant-Man at 10,544, estimated numbers according to Comicron, uh, may be a chopping block uh, issue. On the other hand, mm-hmm. people have been, some people, not everybody, people have been without comics for a month and a half now. And some people may be craving or craven their Marvel comics. And, <laughs> and if you're craven, I know, you can right? become the hunter yes. of comics. And then you can go and hunt down any Marvel comics that you can, including Ant-Man number four, which is really one of four Marvel comics, new Marvel comics that you could have picked up this week. So For the first time since March. Since March, yeah. So it could very well be kind of a play to see can we boost the sales right of this comic in digital distribution and, and also i don't want to if nobody is buying these yes. books that are the middle of the road mm-hmm. may be a nice trial balloon a test if yes. you will of what's going to happen i kind of tweeted this out earlier this week uh the amc universal fight is the exact same fight that we're seeing right here with dc versus the LCSs uh, as far as digital firsts. It's the exact same fight. And I think what we're going to see, because DC's been fairly successful with the the Batman Adventures and some other digital first stuff that later gets printed. Uh, they've been mm-hmm. doing that for years, where basically they take an entire issue and split right. it into three to four parts and charge you 99 cents, and it comes out, you know, starts four months ahead of the the single issue. So that you're always right. ahead of what the print. Six has been like that. For yeah, yeah, years. yeah. Uh, All sorts of- but now with a lot of these uh, DC firsts, and now with Marvel digital firsts, we might see them look at comics that potentially have low sale um, potential in physical form, and say, you know what? Right. Let's just make these digital first. Six months, eight months later, we will release this as a trade, and we will promote it heavily as an original graphic novel or a print, you know, a print edition of this and see how the sales go with that. That, you know, as someone who's been championing, uh, championing, championing the, uh, the go directly to trade. the bit. Yes. The, the digital trade first, this might be the way for these companies to kind of ease into it without the uh, brick and mortars just losing their crap. So bottom line for me is Ant-Man number four was very, very familiar. That isn't a bad thing because it, to me, it felt new reader friendly. And the last Ant-Man that I read was the final issue of that one arc when 
Scott got his daughter back and they were watching the big screen iPhone in, in the dollhouse. Right. That was, had have been like maybe two volumes ago, maybe I'm going to say. So yeah, I think that was like around 2015. Somewhat, something like that. I, we did it as a dueling review. So the last time we reviewed Ant-Man on dueling review. Um, so I had no problem understanding what was going on in this book. I didn't have to sit there scratching going, what are all these bug gods doing on Krakatoa? I, right. I I didn't I don't care. I just know that they're on to some island and there's bug gods and there's a guy that's called Macrothorax who's stealing the brain waves and the pim particles. I I had no problem understanding this. So if you're someone who is dying, just simply dying for Marvel Comics, and you don't care what Marvel comics you're getting, um, Ant Man number four is pretty decent. I would give it mm-hmm. I would give it a thumb and a half up. Uh just because <laughs> of I mean I can't give it two full thumbs. But I would right, give it, there was an accident with the wood yeah with the with the with kid. the uh, no the the bologna slicer, uh, but oh, yeah right. you know uh, you know four stars three and a half stars, I think Ant Man number four is deserving of that. I think it's a solid issue. I think it's a solid story. I think it's solid art. And I think for people who are looking to see what Marvel has to offer, granted it's still three ninety nine, but mm. still it's not a bad issue. I concur with a 3.5. I think that's what I would give this based on what it is. And that's the thing that's most important. When we say something is familiar, every comic is somebody's first comic. Yes. If you're somebody that loved the Ant-Man movie and you walk right into this and you're like, bam, I recognize this Ant-Man. Bam. That looks like Paul Rudd. Bam. Ooh, his daughter's got powers now. Yeah. Ooh, she's got wings. Check it out. Ooh, look at the wings. You know, you can get through that. And I feel like... It's a very, very successful issue just on that level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that if the intention is to never, ever have this go to print, but have it available as a collection, I'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But either way, you have access to this. Readers have access to this, and it's an issue worth picking up. Uh, Marshall is listening in our live chat, and uh, you can listen too. If you're a Patreon member at patreon.com slash major spoilers, we record this show live every Thursday night, 8 o'clock live. p.m. Central Time. And Matthew, Are you had mentioned live? you had mentioned that you thought the last time we reviewed Ant-Man was in, in 2015. Marshall says, oh, I remember that review. And Matthew, you are correct. We reviewed Dueling Review Ant-Man number one, January of 2015. That was the Nick Spencer run. Interestingly, the cover price for that issue, $4.99. Ant-Man's uh, number four cover price, $3.99. So a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of adjustments going on, I guess. Uh, Zeb Wells, maybe uh, maybe he deserves a little bit uh, higher pay rate because I thought this was a fine issue. So there you go. Well, and you also got to remember, 2015 would have been around the time of the Ant-Man movie, which means that it mm-hmm. may have been $4.99 because Marvel was just testing the the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, to see if we can get some of that we'll money, get as much comic money synergy. As we can. Yeah, we'll see what the market will bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of bearing, we have borne the brunt of this show. For two and a half months now, it seems like, without Hello. you, without you, our listeners providing any feedback because there was no way for you to vote on new comics because for one week there was basically nothing. And then slowly it's been trickling out. But next week, next week, ladies and gentlemen, comics return. Comics never went away. You know, I'm just saying that because that's what you're going to hear beginning Monday. Comics return this week. They never went away. But print comics return starting next week. Which means, starting on right now, you right now? can pick what comic you want us to review on next week's show. Matthew, tell the people how they can do that. 
The gimmick is back, my friends. Point your browsers to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers, and you too can play along with the dueling review madness. You'll look at the list there. It's going to be the list of comics for, I don't know, let's call it the 20th of May, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And you will be able to say, hey, I would like you to do this comic. And you can have all your friends. You can tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends. And eventually, we'll get a dozen people. And they'll all be like, hey, let's all read some comics. Like, for example. Coming out next week from Boom Studios, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 14, Ghosted in L.A. number 10, and Jim Henson's Storyteller Ghosts. Ooh, number two. Scary Ghost Blah! So Boom Studios only has three books coming out next week. Dark Horse Comics has EC Archives Impact Hardcover. Uh, Kill Whitey Donovan, number five, and Vampire Hunter D, trade paperback, volume 29. Also, three comics coming out from Dark Horse next week. DC Comics next week has, let's see if I can just find the single issues. Deceased Unkillables, number three. Uh, Dollhouse Family, number six, the final issue there. Let's see, what else do we have? We have uh, Omega, no, 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 nope. We have Plunge, number Plunge. three of, of six. Red Hood and the Outlaw, number 45. Uh, Superman Smashes the Clan trade paperback. That's that, Just buy that book, everybody. Just go buy yeah. it. You'll, you'll thank yourself later. In fact, get the hardcover, because you will thank yourself later for that. Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 10. And we also have, it looks like, that's it for the single issues but they do have a bunch of trade paperbacks coming out next week as well. Over at Dynamite, they have one issue coming out next week. Red Sonia number 15. IDW Publishing has Dungeons & Dragons Infernal Tides number 3, uh, Marvel Action Adventures number 10, and Star Wars Adventures Clone Wars number 1. Oh, Matthew, I have created a nerd. Oh, I am so happy that I have created a nerd. I, I made the boys. <laughs> I Finally, they were so bored. I think it's one of those Stockholm Syndrome things where they've been home and bored for so long that I was like, hey, guys, how about we sit down and watch this thing called a Star Wars movie? And so we started with episode four, you know, A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie, and we made our way through four, five, and six. And then, you know, they liked some of them. They didn't like others. Then we watched one, two, and three. So we just finished with episode three uh, last Saturday. And then uh, the youngest is really kind of into the Star Wars, right? The nine-year-old. And so we started yeah. watching Star Wars Clone Wars, the first season of that. And he's like, okay, I'm digging this. And then uh, today he was like, Dad, I hope you're not mad. But I went ahead and started watching some more episodes of Star Wars Clone Wars without you. And I was like, dude, that is totally fine. And then all of a sudden I hear, you know, the Star Wars theme song playing in his bedroom. I'm like, oh, what are you watching now? He's like, A New Hope. It's the good one. Yeah. I have created a nerd da, 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 and I couldn't be happier. He was talking about Lego Star Wars, and I just so happened to pick up that giant uh, Lego A-Wing fighter that uh, they released a, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, but it came with a free little trench run, little mini set, and so guess who's going to be putting that together on Monday? Oh, yeah. Me, baby. Me. Over at Image Comics next week, we have Birthright 43, Deadly Class 44, Ludocrats number 5, Outcast by Kirkman and Azacia uh, number 45. Kirkman. Savage Dragon 249, and uh, those are the single issues, okay? So they have... they're uh, up to a 49 way, right? Well, yes. Uh, they. If you look over at the Major Spoilers website today, they do have the variant covers for Savage Dragon 250, which is coming out in July, I want to say. No, June. June, June, June. In all the rest category, again, a fairly short list right now. Uh, 
Check the Major Spoilers website next week for the complete list. Uh, but again, next week is going to be a small as the stores start to open. Some stores won't be able to open. Here in Kansas, we go into phase one on Monday. So that means some non-essential places will start to open up. Uh, Monday I'm, is phase two. We're in phase one right now. Oh, are we in phase? I thought phase one began on the 18th. Because, phase uh, one began on the 3rd. They started opening some businesses. Ah, okay. So go check your comments. And they're going to be opening shop. more businesses on Tuesday. My guess is, everybody, and this goes back to something we were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, slowly releasing these things. If there is a big second wave, which, you know, depending on which projections you're looking at are going to happen, you know, in August, September or November, December, uh, we could see comics dwindling again. But always check with your comic shop to make sure that they are open and uh, make sure that you're wearing all your protective gear. And maybe you can also pick up next week, Bell, Oath of Thorns, number six, the final issue there. I think that's the Xenoscope book, uh, Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor, season two, number four, Goon, number 10, Red, Red Agent Island of Dr. Moreau, number four. Ooh, that's a penultimate issue there. I wonder what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I bet one of them says, are we monsters or are we men? Uh, zero, number one. <laughs> and of course, Zombie Tramp, ongoing, number 69. Out next week from Action Lab Entertainment's Danger Zone imprint. So Danger those, Zone! So again, here's what you need to do. You need to head over to patreon.com slash spoilers. Again, you do not have to be a paying patron in order to take part in the Major Spoilers Pick of the Week. You can go over there right now. It's a free post. You can click on it. You can look at it. Then you can use the comment section and let us know which of those comics on the list you want us to review. The one that gets the most is the winner. We do not review trade paperbacks on the show, so any of those are out. And then uh, next week on the show, we will review those right for you. But while you're over there, Matthew, while you're over there at patreon.com slash major spoilers, there are some things that you might find a little bit alluring. I know, right? You could check out, for instance... I don't know. Maybe an exclusive podcast. <gasps> Two what? exclusive pod. Well, three exclusive podcasts, right? We have yeah. Flashback, which is ending this week, for mm. good or for bad. We also have Modern City Tales, which there's a six-episode run of the uh, the Fate game that uh, that uh, we've been running for years. We also have Shadow of the Demon Lord. If you've never heard Shadow of the Demon Lord, it is intense gameplay. Pretty frightening, yep. in my opinion. But those are just three. And then there's a fourth one, Matthew, the Major Spoilers pre-show. Which now, is a good show. Sometimes you'll hear us curse. Sometimes you might hear us drop the F-bomb or the S-bomb, or maybe we will even say the H-E double hockey sticks. Right? Sometimes we'll say the TH5 word, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. And sometimes if the nine-year-old is really angry at his friend while they're playing roadblocks, you might hear him say the GD word through the floor. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Now, listen, if you want to get your hands on the Flashback Podcast, all episodes of the Flashback Podcast. If you want to get your hands on the Major Spoilers pre-show, if you want to get your hands on the Shadow of the Demon Lord, and all the other things, really, honestly, it's only going to cost you $5 a month at the silver level. If you want to get the the, uh, Modern City one, that takes you up to the gold level, but you also get a bunch of bonus stuff there, including the VIP live chat, which is going to take place next Saturday. So there's a lot of things to be looking out for over there at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Marshall Nesbitt said he already voted. Oh, so did Matt. Here we go. Marshall says he wants the Jim Henson Storytellers Ghost Number 2. Didn't we do number one? We did do number one, which is kind of spooky. Then Matt says that we should do the Ludocrats Number 1. I would like to do Ludocrats Number 1. We'll see how it all shakes out. We will see how it all shakes out next week on the Doodling Review podcast when you just might hear Matthew say, 
Booyaka, booyaka! Six, one, nine! This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.